Real quick note about audio quality for the first five or so minutes of today's chat. I didn't realize, but I was using my webcam's mic for my uh, input and it sounds awful, but I catch the mistake soon and it gets back to sounding normal. So just bear with us. All right, let's get into it. Do you want a new module? Some patch cables? Some cassettes? A t-shirt? Stickers? Blank panels? Well, if you've answered yes to any of the above, then you're in luck. Head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and be on the lookout for my post that I'm going to be making around mid to late March. I don't want to say when. It's going to be kind of a when's it going to happen type thing. Um, also want to give you a chance to sign up if you haven't signed up yet. I basically, I have uh, put together 10 different little care packages, four of which uh, have a module in them. Um, to pass on. It's just a bunch of stuff that I have. I love this stuff, but I've got too much stuff. It's coming out of my ears, and I want to pass it on to my Patreon community as a token of my appreciation. So the way it's going to work is when that post comes up, you're going to go to the comments section, and you're going to say, I want some, and that's going to be how it goes. The reason I'm only doing 10 is because... uh, If I did more, shipping would probably get out of hand, and I don't want to charge people for shipping for a gift. That seems kind of weird. So yeah, if uh, if that sounds like fun, and if any of this stuff that you see uh, whizzing across the screen right now uh, is at all interesting looking to you, then once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast and help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod. This week's episode is brought to you by Novation and their flagship two-part 16-voice, 61-key polyphonic synthesizer, The Summit. Built on the same innovative foundations as the critically acclaimed Peak, Summit's deep sound design capabilities, 16-voice, two-part multi-tambral engine, and intuitive tactile workflow add up to a synth that is far more than the sum of its parts. For more information, please visit novationmusic.com, link in the show description. back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held, and this week we finally, finally have maybe one of the most requested guests on the show. You guys have been asking for it. I just realized I sounded like a bad parent just now. But this week we have Colin Benders on the show, and we have a fantastic conversation. I don't think I need to do much of an intro to let you know who Colin is. If you know about this show, I am sure you know who Colin Benders is. So we're going to get into that very soon. But first, I just want to show you some cool stuff uh, that I've got lately. This thing. I love this thing. This is the uh, Coma Field Kit in the box. So many, so many cool features on that, and we'll talk about those in a moment. I've also recently got some new 4MS modules. I got the the Mini Peg, uh, the DLD, which if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know how much I love the DLD, and we were 
We were apart for far too long, but we are reunited, and yes, it feels so good. Um, and then, you know, I've got this, uh, the, the new shuffling clock multiplier. What I really like about using the peg and the shuffling clock multiplier together is you can actually, by arranging some jumpers on the back of each module, you can send the clock from the peg into the SCM without any patch cables. So that has been very, very useful. Um, and as you see, I've got my percussion interface and interface expander here from 4MS. I've been using that for a long time. And uh, we're gonna get into a video shortly where I use all of this stuff and this stuff, uh, including the dual shaped envelope uh, VCA from 4MS. And then I'm gonna use one of my favorites, the cutting room floor from Recovery Effects, the Nautilus from Qubit, uh, the injector from Board Brain, and the Listen Four Quarters from 4MS. But before we get too far into that, I wanna show you uh, some of my favorite aspects and uh, little doodads that came along with my Coma Field Kit. So let's do that. So the Coma Field Kit is kind of the field recordist slash uh, experimental musician's dream instrument for many reasons. Um, one of my favorite things is with the expansion pack, it comes with a bunch of little um, solenoid motors and, and weird things like that that can actually be uh, fed off of this driver here, this DC driver. So, for instance, I think that's pretty cool. So you could use that for a little percussive thing out in the field, uh, send some gates, triggers to it, whatever you'd like. Um, there's also a motor that spins. I seem to have misplaced mine. I did not lose it. It's only misplaced, and I'm gonna use. I'm gonna try to make that be like this really fast, like guitar strummer. Um, but then one of my other favorite aspects. Is the speaker and the uh, AM FM radio on it? And you can use CV to tune the radio. So you can make some cool little rhythmic things out of your uh, radio signal. Um, also, as you see, it comes with a little speaker. The speaker has its own output. There's also an auxiliary out and a main out, so you can use it for uh, to send signals to other devices or whatever you'd like. Um, it also came with a bunch of piezo pickups, and I'm gonna show you what I did with those. You may have seen on Instagram recently, but I was getting a little weird. And uh, after I show you this Frankenstein uh, thing that I did, we're gonna uh, check out a little video that I made with all of this stuff. Okay, so this here is my beloved Les Paul studio. And what I did is I taped piezo pickups to my bridge. Um, and then I ran those into a really long stackable cable. Um, and then as you can see, I, I taped my Loam Geophone to the guitar as well. Um, and then that leaves the, the actual output open. So now I have three outputs from this guitar. So what I have done is I run the, um, 
the piezos into the field kit and then pass those uh, those signals from the field kit through to some uh, effects. And then I put the geophone into the shaped dual envelope VCA to act as kind of like a baseline uh, and then ran the actual line out into the board brain injector. So I've spread this signal all over the place through this little modular setup that you're about to see. Um, and it, it's pretty cool. It's a little noisy, but I think that's all on me. I need to be a little bit more uh, selective on my my placement. Also, this geophone is so sensitive, and uh, just by the you know the way I play, I, I tend to be a little percussive when I play. So, um, you know, getting pops and clicks here and there. But this is just the beginning. My plan right now is to find uh, a guitar that maybe used to be good that is not so good anymore, and. Uh, try to turn it into a real Frankenstein beast. I don't want to go drilling holes in my 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 baby here. I love it. I've had this guitar for so long and it's it's just it's so close to me. Um, and obviously I don't really care too much about the finish. It's like a nice matte finish. Um, don't mind putting electrical tape on it and whatnot, but I don't want to drill holes in it. But anyways, let's check out this little video that I shot in my kitchen as kind of a proof of concept. It's okay, like I said, uh, but I have a ways to go as far as, uh, you know, ironing out all the clicks and pops and noise and whatnot, but I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, we'll check out this video and then we'll get into our chat with Colin Benders.
some vendors. Uh, we were just talking off off the recording, saying this is long overdue, but there's no time like the present. So welcome to PodMod, Colin. Awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I say this often because I often have, you know, people that are, uh, you know, really, really exciting guests. Uh, but it's like, I feel like there's no way I'm going to be able to cover everything that everybody out there wants me to ask you. So, um, <laughs> but you also, you know, you've, you've talked to a lot of people. Um, you've, you know, pe people know you well and everything. So I want to try to kind of have like a, a little bit of a funnel of, of, of focus, at least for a starting point. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. Sorry, I'm just rambling right now. But first up, <laughs> how are you? Good, doing good, doing well. It's um, uh, it's been a strange year to say the least. Like everything kind of ground to a halt uh, early January last year. Um, as I uh, kind of had an unexpected hospital episode, which oh, no. took quite a long time to recover from that. Um, and in the months afterwards, I've I've kind of slowly been um, going, uh, getting back up to pace uh, with things. But okay. I'm feeling better than ever and uh, very active and excited. We're working on some new stuff. So um, times. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask about? We don't. I don't want to pry or anything. But is, is oh, that sure. something yeah. you want to like to talk about with the hospitalization or? Of course, it's um, oh, it's 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 just a completely weird thing. So I really don't really know what to make of it myself yet but um what is it end of um um uh, somewhere towards the end of december in 2021 man that's 2021 already oh, holy shit it's ridiculous but uh no all of a sudden i i got very sick and uh then i got a little bit sicker and even sicker and that was right around christmas um, and over the span of like two, three days, I went from just feeling not very, uh, very fit and optimal to, um, just having searing pain and not being able to sleep anymore and, uh, just completely breaking down. And I ended up in the hospital where they did some tests and it turned out that, um, my immune system was attacking my muscle, uh, structure and, sending um um sending all of my um yeah just kind of really all uh yeah just sending a lot of uh bad stuff into my bloodstream and it's something called rhabdomyolysis which usually from what i've heard only happens um yeah i i, I don't even know how it happens really it's um the first things they ask me is like are you on drugs and <laughs> because oh. apparently that's something that uh, uh -huh. and that happens. but in my case that wasn't the thing and um it actually never really became clear why i got it to begin with um hmm. so it could be something that's triggered by an autoimmune thing that just kind of pops up um based on certain conditions uh or it's um it could also be just kind of like a one-time fluke and mm -hmm. wow. we never really found out what it was but all i know was that it took me a week of lying in the hospital, not being able to move my thumbs because it, I just had too many muscle cramps and searing pain, even just uh, oh sending a text God. message. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It's um, it's kind of like imagine 
imagine the most insane muscle ache you have after like a serious workout and just multiply that by infinity and that's somewhere where you are holy um, shit it was pretty ridiculous but oh, i'm so sorry uh, that sounds awful yeah it's um it wasn't great <laughs> yeah how long were you in the hospital uh was about a week okay. um and it was mostly because i had to monitor a couple of things because uh along with uh the um, uh, uh the muscle stuff also came um i don't know they were starting to throw around terms like heart failure and stuff like that so it was really kind of like a whole total organ dropout oh my god oh my god um yeah, it was weird. It was very weird. But um, luckily, all that kind of recovered. And then I think it took me about two months before I could just really walk again, uh, because that took a long time to kind of recover from that. And wow. after that, it was a lot more time kind of just to let everything sink in. Like, holy shit, apparently I'm not uh, I'm not 20 again. <laughs> 20 anymore. <laughs> you're, you know? you're still you're so young, though, right? You're mid 30s. Yeah, I'm about, I'm I'm 36 now. Yeah, okay. I turned 30. So um, okay. Yeah. When, when was your When did you turn 36? Uh, December last year. Uh, it's oh, about, okay. Okay. December 5th. So, um, uh, so yeah, I've been 36 for two whole months now. And oh wow! Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I just turned 39 a few days ago, and uh, it's yeah, yeah going to try to enjoy the last of the 30s before I hit 40, but <laughs> I, did buy a, I did buy a proper 40-year-old hat. I left it downstairs, but uh, it's going to be in the intro of this episode. Oh, no, it'll be in the intro of the other episode, but yeah, I got like a yeah. full-brimmed, like, like, uh, like weather-sealed hat, you know, like, so I could wear because oh, yeah, my wife and I go in the woods a whole lot, and, you know, we live in the Pacific Northwest, and it rains a lot, so, um, you know, just yep. a nice weather-sealed, brimmed um yeah, I'm getting so old. I just feel I feel the pull of forty, like the yep. like not not caring as much about like what actually looks cool and just wearing what I want to wear and end up looking pretty ridiculous a lot of the time. But <laughs> oh man, but it feels older. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best part about getting older. Um, well, yeah, I'm very sorry to hear about uh, about that. Like, did that? I'm always curious that with with stuff like that. Did that inform or Add, add a step of evolution in your creative process, um, visually or sonically? Yeah. I think it did, but mostly in the sense that it really made me stop and think about um, uh, about my lifestyle in general. Uh, mm. Because, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm really used to just doing nonstop touring or late nights in the studio or uh, just yeah. fully focused nonstop on music or just being out in the outside and just I don't know, acting like a twenty-year-old, even though I'm <laughs> that was like fifteen years ago, you know. But, um, but that was kind of one of those things. Like, yeah, apparently, I should probably reconsider some of those things. And yeah, yeah. it's in terms of, for example, the whole, um, um, yeah, my entire um, focus has always been on live music, mm-hmm. and mostly there was, yeah, there became this consideration at one point, like, yeah, what if. I can't do this anymore, you know, like, how am I gonna, what am I gonna do? And um, that kind of kept me busy for the first part of the year, I had to cancel a couple of shows. And that was kind of a real scare and a bummer at the same time. So, yeah. um, so that took some figuring out and kind of getting peace with the 
um, uh, with the new situation that I was in. But now I kind of landed at that I'm just going to try and keep myself in check as much as I can, but I'm not going to diminish my activities at all because this is all that I want to do. You know, this is, this is what I live for. So, um, so then from there on, it just becomes a matter of being responsible about it. And, um, uh, I don't know, maybe not stay up all night (laughs) for a change and just (laughs) get some vegetables and stuff like that, you know, but um, but that was more kind of like on the on the background of things, and then from a musical stance, um, I I kind of entered this. Um, that's something I'm fully enjoying now. Is that for the first time I don't have a project really lined up, um, so I have a lot of time to just think about what I want to do next. And um, there's a whole lot of ideas that I've always kind of been pushing forward. Um, um, because there was always something that got in the way or there was always just my whole schedule was always fully lined up with things. And I kind of cleared out everything aside from a couple of shows that I still have standing. But uh, apart from that, I I kind of feel like I have uh, all the time in the world I need to just kind of really dig into some projects that I've been wanting to do for ages. That's a nice feeling. Yeah, that's an amazing feeling. Is um, uh, It's something I haven't had for yeah literal years now i think so mm-hmm. um um so that's something i'm fully trying to take as much as that as, as i can no? totally yeah i'm gonna pause for one second just a quick clap for uh editing purposes okay there we go um yeah it's it sounds like you got a uh uh, you know like a, a pretty healthy dose of like perspective in the sense of you know the uh the finite nature of life and hey this is what i have now so i'm going to you know kind of take take advantage of it in a way that um isn't full of doom and gloom and is actually you know uh you know kind of like a i don't know it sounds like there's some gratitude maybe even in there with with the situation even though it was a very shitty situation you know like you know Um, no absolutely um it's like it was a full-on reality check for me. Like, okay, mm-hmm. stop like you're some immortal being or whatever, you know? It's like, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pressures in a way. And it's it's not until something like this happens that you fully realize what that means, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so that for me became one of those things where I really decided like, okay, uh, I want to, um, I don't know. I want to do something with the rest of my time. (laughs) Oh, fuck. It sounds so super terminal in a way. And it's, it's nothing like that, you know, it's Mm -hmm. right, right. No. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that all is um, like anything, any, like, especially, you know, it's your experience. And I feel like, you know, we, we get to kind of hang meaning and, and uh, you know, develop our own, uh, yeah, just kind of like apply our own meaning to the experiences that we have. And I think that could be a really powerful tool to get through traumatic experiences is by, you know, using it as a learning point and whatnot. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Welcome to yep. Tim's psychology hour. Um, <laughs> yeah, we jumped um, into the people. Like, right. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, I, I also wanted to bring up um, for no reason really, but that my um, he's my step grandfather, but he's you know he's really like he's he's my grandfather because he's been in my life you know so long and we're really really close. Um, but he's from Holland, and he, oh, really? yeah, and he he immigrated to. Uh, Australia. Well, first he lived in Indonesia as a very small child because his dad uh, mm. worked out there, and then he went to Australia and then ended up here in the states. Um, he just turned ninety, but yeah, oh, cool, wow, cool dude. He he wrote a book about his life. He was uh, he was uh, in Holland as a like a really young kid uh, during uh, World War II. And because he was oh. this, like one of the smallest, him and his, um, I think it was his brother who was similar in age would have to like sneak out because they, they cleared his town, but they stayed in their house and like hid. And he would like oh, go on wow. little food and wood gathering mis missions and try to avoid the, the Nazis and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so oh it, yeah, it was a pretty, <laughs> pretty intense uh, experience for him. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah great, great be. guy. Um, so growing up, I always like to ask people like, what was that journey from discovering music as something that you like to hear? And then the transition into wanting to be a participant and not just a listener. And, and what was that thing that kind of pulled yeah. you in? Yeah. It's, um, um, I, I, I don't really know ex uh, exactly actually because it's um uh, for me music always has been kind of this anchor as as far back as i can remember like some of the earliest memories i have is just entire songs and records that my parents used to play back at home mm -hmm. and um it's uh i do know that for as far back as i can remember music always has been kind of the central role for me like um i i uh, I've always been a super ADD kid, so my brain just goes all over the place. And especially back then, it was like a thousand projects every day, and like just working on one thing, dropping it mid mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mid project, mm -hmm. finding something else. Just you know, kind of really the yeah the peanut brain kind of. Um, <laughs> but I do know that always there was kind of this pillar of music somewhere in there, and then at some point. Uh, we were at a family gathering and my uncle who is a, uh, he's a jazz piano player uh, he brought a trumpet uh, to a family gathering and everyone was kind of messing around with that thing and I kind of latched onto it and just mm. didn't let go anymore mm -hmm. um, and that became kind of my first real obsession was that instrument that I really really wanted to play it but well, I didn't have teeth yet so I had to wait <laughs> until develop the teeth needed to actually play it. Um, and then from there on out, it always became, like most of my projects always kind of revolved around music in some way, shape, or form. Um, then when I was, I think, eight years old, I went, uh, I transitioned away from kind of like a normal um, uh, grad school, or what's the first school you go, like an elementary school, it, and then uh, you yeah. have... Uh, like junior yeah. high or something. Yeah, I guess that. It's like somewhere around the age of eight, I moved away from a regular school towards... <clears throat> um, it was a very small school uh, um, focused entirely around choir singing. And uh, they would give you like half a day of school 
um, of regular school, and then the other half was like music theory and writing music and um, uh, tapping rhythms, but also choir singing and um, very much focused on kind of music as an uh, as a language almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, so by the time I was like 12 or 13 years old and I went to high school, um, uh, out of all the options that were there for me, the one that kind of felt the most like home to me was going just straight to the conservatory where they had um, uh, where they had like uh, a program really geared towards um, yeah kids like me who just really wanted to go music full stop and kind of high school became kind of like this formality you know mm-hmm, <laughs> just something mm-hmm, like you go mm-hmm. to that's what you have to do but music is going to be it anyway so might as well just fully commit to that um, and um yeah, so I, 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 I guess that was really the first um, uh, the first transition for me from going full fully committed to music was around that time um, when it started dominating so much of my daily life that um, I don't know it, it's it wasn't even it doesn't even feel like a conscious decision. It was just like okay, but apparently this is what I do and right yeah <laughs> uh, yeah kind of developed That's- from there. I guess. Yeah, I, I, I've actually been thinking about, you know, something uh, the, something you just said reminded me of something I've been thinking about a lot lately is just like, you know, my like my being a musician, it's been, you know, my whole my whole life pretty much just uh, loving music and singing along. And I had a little Fisher Price, like, you know, basically a little karaoke yeah. <laughs> machine and um, nice. started playing guitar at 12 and just kind of from then on it was yeah it wasn't even like a deci- it didn't feel like a decision and it, and it hasn't felt like a decision since it's just right. yeah. no matter what's going on in my life there's some aspect of something that i'm messing with um yeah i don't know why i i just brought that up but like it like i think just I, I the way you said it wasn't even like you didn't even really fully like plan it out or think about it that way it just was like right. that's what that's the way it goes yeah. you know mhm yeah no yeah it's 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 exactly like that like it 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 was never um the decision of yeah you know what i'm gonna be a musician i'm gonna do this it's just mm-hmm. like no it's what you're talking about i'm I'm sitting here doing this now and why would i want to do anything <laughs> mm-hmm. else? right right yeah, um, yeah. So it never really was a question to begin with it was just like yeah of course <laughs> so, yeah yeah <laughs> um it, it was actually not until like years later that i for the first time started thinking about whether or not I even liked music. I've had, I've had moments. I don't know if this is kind of what it like, if this is, if this will uh, resonate, but just what you just said, it's kind of like, there have been multiple times in my life where I've been like kind of stopped dead in my tracks, almost like an intrusive thought or an outside voice being like the, this is just making little you're just making sounds like how how could that be the most important thing and then like I'll you know I'll start getting like anxiety I'm like have I just realized that this is all a waste but like and then I think about it and I'm like no I love I fucking love it so you know it doesn't matter but you know have you had that just kind of like what am I doing you know like oh absolutely absolutely oh man Uh, it's it, that is always kind of like this existential crisis of going like <laughs> I really like 
like this sound, but if I play this to someone, they're gonna just stare at me and and be worried. So maybe I shouldn't oh play this to anyone. And the life just, of a modular uh, synthesis, right there, summed oh up. <laughs> Having hours and hours of recordings of just the noise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was actually a little. Yeah. I, I was away for my birthday just this last weekend. Um, I was at this beautiful lake up on the peninsula of Washington state. It's, you know, it's cold, it's deep, it's snowing. Um, nice. and I brought like two powered pods, my seven, you yes. make noise case. I brought um, uh, my Strega and my, uh, Novation summit and two guitars. And, you know, cause like I like, and that's something I wanted to ask you, uh, in a moment yeah. here, but like, I, I can't go somewhere without bringing at least some, like I went backpacking a couple of years ago and, uh, I, I wanted to bring a guitar cause we were going to go for two nights and I was like, I need some sort of sound device. And it was like a really mm-hmm. long and hard hike. So I went and bought a ukulele and I actually really do not like the sound of ukuleles, but like I needed to have something to have. And so, yeah, that's a little sidebar. Yeah. But yeah, I brought all this stuff and I'm, bu- I'm trying to build this patch with a guitar because I want to go record it outside the next day. Right. And uh, eventually, you know, like people are like, um, can you play something nice? And I'm like, man, you guys don't get it. You guys don't know what good is. <laughs> but of course, I mean, that's that's my defensive response because it's all, it's all relative and it's all personal. But um <laughs> Yeah. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's horrifying with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I thought this was sounding really fucking cool. And you know, in your head you're thinking like, I bet they're thinking this sounds pretty cool. And then right when you're yeah, thinking no. that, your ego just like, you know, puts you in a position yeah. where you really have to kind of like eat some crow and just be like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's <do> check. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I guess kind of one of the reasons I went on this rant, cause it was something I wanted to uh, ask you about when I was thinking about this before we started talking is, you know, I, I know that you have, uh, ADHD, which I was re- recently diagnosed with, uh, ADHD, which learning right. about it has made so many things fall in place and may help me understand right. like my behavior. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. but like. I'm wondering if if that's a function of like my ADHD side that I have to bring some sort of noise making or some sort of create creative outlet with me wherever I go, almost like it's like a security blanket or something. Right, 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 right. Yep. Um, yeah, it could be. It's like I I do think that um, uh, there is. Um, yeah, what you'll probably recognize is that there's always at least one uncontrollable obsession in your life. You know, there's mm-hmm. always one thing that you cannot stop thinking about, and it's like you, it's it's way beyond your control, and it's always something. And sometimes it is a functional obsession, like when you're in a phase where everything is about music and everything is about uh, productivity or creative output and stuff like that. But then there's also these random other kind of complete sidetracks that can pop up where you just have to finish the internet, you know, you just have to. <laughs> yeah. I got it. I got super into painting for a while and I'm not like a good painter, but like I found this thing that I really like to do this one thing and I was doing it for hours a day for months. And then like, I just stopped, you know, and now I'm back onto the yeah. music and video thing. But like, so sometimes yeah. there's little detours, but I've always, I always have 
something, you know, that I am nice. laser focused on. Um, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk with you about your experience with, with ADHD and, um, how it has maybe informed, you know, your whole approach yeah. and process. Um, but, but first, like when were you, when were you, were you recently diagnosed or as an adult or, um, I think I was diagnosed as a kid already, but then I, uh, I never really did anything with it. Uh, mm -hmm. or at least like I, I never took any of the medication back then and stuff like that. And that was really, um, uh, it was just kind of one of those, well, apparently this is, uh, what I have or who I am now and, uh, just moved on from there. Um, so you found your own and, like ways to management manage it and tools and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, pretty much. It's like um, um, I have. Uh, there's a lot of things that still really, really sit in the way of of my doing things. Like I can. Uh, it doesn't matter how many sticky notes I make of stuff I have to remember. It's I turn around and it's all just, you know, it's like that just don't, doesn't work. I can relate to that. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like there's timing and planning and, and and calendars and all that stuff. Like by now, I kind of gave full control of um, all my calendar points and stuff like that to both my management and my dad. They're the mm -hmm. only people who kind of write stuff in there. Um, and apart from that, I just kind of stay away from that because I just make a mess of things. Like I, I once managed to make like five meetings on the same day and miss all of them. I them all yes, yep, and I've then just double booked. Forget yeah, about totally. So, and it's so hard to keep track of it, even with calendars and stuff. You know, and actually, it's, it's uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think there is, uh, uh, yeah, no amount of calendars or notes or uh, or reminders or alarm clocks can kind of hold up against that. <laughs> and it's yeah. um, uh, so that's something I just kind of had to deal with and there's uh, there's a couple of things that i've gotten a lot better at uh over time like just working on the little routines and, and such but there's also a big part where i just kind of had to embrace the chaos within <laughs> so does same yep. just kind of going this is, this is what it is and um um the tools i've been given i've um i've once had a period where i tried doing the retail-in thing um mm -hmm. and I just got angry, like, holy shit. So people kind of are, are this effortless in life on a regular <laughs> basis without the need of medicating themselves. And mm -hmm. for me, it takes like just pure amphetamines to get like an inch of focus or clear mindedness uh, like mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah. But then I kind of stepped away from it because it started messing me with my head. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it uh, the way I'm used to it. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, no, so there's a very big, uh, yeah, I think people who don't have ADHD don't fully realize what it entails. And it's not so much the big things. It's mostly really kind of like the accumulation of all the small little details. 100 percent. Yeah, it's that and part it's, it's really what's. It's really hard because it's um, because. And understandably so, it's very taxing on, you know, the people you're closest with. Like my wife, like, you know, she she is an organized person. She is like tidy, and I am chaos. Like my 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 family always jokes that 
they can tell when I've gone through a room because it looks like a tornado went through it. You know, <laughs> Just... picking stuff up, setting it down, doing 15 things at once. Um, so yeah, because when I was in like third grade, I was diagnosed dyslexic, and mm -hmm. as I got older, that just kind of like I kind of felt like that was not the correct diagnosis. Um, yes. Because I had that, I thought I was I was like, well, I'm a stupid person because I was a little kid, and then my parents, yep. you know, they were like, as long as you pass, we don't really, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna be mad. Like if I got a C, it was happiness at the home, you know. But then I started realizing that that's the bare minimum and that was very easy to get C's. So yeah. <laughs> I just got C's and, and then I, uh, you know, there was like a formative experience with a, with a teacher in my senior year who like gave me the confidence to be like, maybe I am actually like kind of smart and, you know, and then I got yeah. super into that and I went to, you know, it was community college granted. So it's not super impressive, but one one quarter I was just like I want to get a 4.0 and I did and I was yeah. I was like okay and so as you know with stuff like that it was kind of like I think I want to get tested for ADHD and I did and like the questionnaire I was like this is like the story of my life you know yeah. a lot of the <laughs> stuff I was just like how have I not figured this out by now um yep, yeah yeah um no that makes sense yeah it's um so another reason I wanted to ask you about this, because there's kind of like this this tri this trifold thing that's been going through my head um, in preparation for this is there's the the ADHD thing, and then you did the Kiteman Orchestra, which is yeah. a very very involved thing, and then you go from like it actually like, and th that with just our conversation so far today is all made so much sense because something that's always been very perplexing to me about what you do is how you are able to you full like use a gigantic system like super efficiently like make great music like I feel like if I go beyond nine U, my music actually starts to get way worse right um, okay yeah so like I think we while we both have ADD I think it manifests in different ways in different people and that just seems like super impressive to me so yeah like I don't know if that I didn't really ask a question but that if that inspired anything to kind of respond <laughs> with <laughs> yeah uh, it's um um yeah I don't know it's like one of the things that I've always um um where do I begin with this? <laughs> a lot of well, I kind of put it on you, so that was bad hosting. I was like, here's a bunch of topics and do my job. <laughs> no, but it's, um, no, I think um, um, the one thing that I always loved about music is how it felt effortless in a way. It's um, uh, There is... Uh, well, of course, there's multiple ways of going about music, and one of them is very much the super organized and structured and kind of ar ar architectural uh, design of like a chunk of sound organized in a way that it pleases you. But then there's also kind of the other one, wh which feels a lot more almost like a conversation, like there is um, um, uh, someone poses a moment and someone else responds to it, and kind of that whole interaction that goes on between that is just a very organic way of having a conversation with someone without words you know mm -hmm. it's um uh, kind of um 
kind of like um, uh, uh, multiplayer puzzles. <laughs> so this, uh, kind of uh, have the objective of uh, here's an emotion. We're gonna cryptographically wrap it up in sound, and then someone else on the other end has to guess. Uh, the emotion that you put into it. And if you have it correct, then you get rewarded with uh, happy vibes, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, you can do that with other people without knowing the piece that you're playing, just kind of by throwing sounds at each other until you sync up and feel like you're enhancing each other and kind of almost as if you're having like the most awesome conversation you ever had where you fully agree with someone and just end up going, right, right, yes, exactly mm -hmm. this. <laughs> And that is, to me, the most awesome experience I've ever had when making music was um, having musicians around me and having everyone uh, to that point where whatever happened, everyone knew exactly what everyone else meant and how to play into it and how mm -hmm. to still surprise other. And, and that, was, uh, that was the orchestra, pretty much. It, it, it started with a project where I really wanted to prove mostly to myself that I was able, um, um, that I was capable of finishing a project. That was really the only goal that I set out doing is mm -hmm. I wanted to make my own. I played with other bands and I toured everywhere and done a bunch of stuff, but never something for myself. And this, this was in a period where I just dropped out of school. I just finished a tour. Uh, there wasn't that much going on in my life outside of just making stuff. And it kind of felt like a dead end on a lot of levels, but that kind of project was the only thing that was really kind of um, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. So it became very important to me to finish that project. Um, and then by the time it was finished, there were enough people in my surroundings that were kind of eager to see what was next of it that I, um, uh, after dropping the idea of, you know what, let's just form an orchestra and play all these parts uh, with live music. Uh, that people actually agreed to doing that and musicians started contacting me and people just really started flocking to, to that idea. And for me, the big eye-opener moment of that was like, holy shit, these are people. You know, these are not mm -hmm. just instruments, not just um, kind of sounds that I'm playing. It's actual people with their own intentions, their own lives, their own minds and feelings and thoughts. And um, that became a real big obsession to me was how can I... Um, uh, remove kind of like the ar architectural structure of music and replace it with kind of the effortlessness of just making music and feel and having a conversation with each other. And mm -hmm. that was a project that I fully dove in on where I kind of developed a sign language and uh, a whole kind of recipe or a composition based on full on improvisation. Uh, where with sign language, people could um, um, just kind of write out chords or write out melodies or uh, just in That's the moments awesome. do mm -hmm. like full composition. And um, this was kind of the last project I did with the orchestra and also the first project I started on the modular when I made that transition. Um, and it's something that I have kept developing ever since. So even now that I'm playing on my own and it's just me and the modular, so to say, I'm still approaching it as, uh, uh as a fully improvised, um, a one take session of just exploring, 
sounds and exploring vibes, exploring melodies and chords and throwing it all together into tension spans and just riding it like a wave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it all kind of stems from the same core of um, music as an adventure versus music as uh, a construct, so to say. And Totally, yeah, um, yeah. And it's also... This is also in a way where the ADD part um, kicks in because um, if, well, yeah, if I try and sit down now and really work on one track or work on one song, I lose my, uh, I just kind of um, lose focus right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can make like a thousand beginnings of tracks and stuff like that and not finish anything. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just like piles and piles of lost recordings everywhere. But uh, if I just sit down with the instrument and just start playing and just following my instincts on it and following my intuition, then usually something happens that I uh, that I like. And then it kind of feels like diary entries almost versus something that I really... And that's, I'm the exact um, same way. Yep. If right. I sit down to yep. try to write something that might like a loose idea in my head, like, okay, I want to do this or that. I'm ripping patch cables out. I'm... Yeah. like thinking I should quit. <laughs> um, but yeah, but if I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to like explore. And these are the modules that are maybe most exciting to me today. So I'm going to explore these. And I think that's also why modular has been such um, a wonderful playground for my brain. And it sounds like yours as well. Um, because yeah, if I'm sitting down to play a drum track and you know, I'm trying to record, you know, live drums and I'm feeling off that day, like, I, it's not gonna it's not gonna end in a, a good way but like with a, the the patch at least like I can make I can make something that would be good for a bed for a cool shot at some point that I film or you know like I can mm-hmm. I can get to re- some sort of result um yeah you know and and but this is this will be something this is kind of sacrilegious and I'm a little embarrassed to say it to you because of <laughs> just how fucking amazing you are at modular synthesis but like I don't really use sequencers like i'll use random gate sequencers wow. and ran- random voltage like sometimes but like i just do not like what if i sit down to try to write a sequence on a sequencer mm-hmm. i lose all all the joy all the air is sucked out of the process and i have no interest in it just ne- so that's oh, what, i've been playing guitar a lot with the modular lately and i'm like this is my this is my zone here so yeah Sweet. okay so when you say you you've been playing guitar with your modular should i um uh, uh should i kind of uh, envision that in the way that for example sarah uh, bell reed plays a trumpet with modular or is it um uh are you i'm doing um, a lot of processing like i know it's, like you won't necessarily necessarily even hear the actual trumpet when sarah's playing you know she's more using it as her like control which i am doing exactly. um yeah, I, I'm doing a little both. So I have uh, I have a couple different, um, you know, basically interfaces for quarter inch jacks that develop that uh, envelope generators and gate generators off of the the signal mm-hmm. that goes in. So I usually use all of that to you know for my clock and then modulation of modulators um, I- and. Uh, yeah, you know, Strega, lots of delay and reverbs, but I'm also really getting into um, using wave folders to make like a, a wicked fuzz. 
Um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, just, you know, because I was so into guitar pedals, that was kind of the seed that was planted before I got into modular and you can just do so much more with modules. So I'm basically like building a yeah. little, like, I'm afraid that I'm, I'm becoming the edge and I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> but I am almost 40. So it's, you know, it, you don't know, you don't know how these things can creep in, but, um, but you know, I mean, I have, like I'm more, if I am going to do something melodically on modular, what I, what I've been doing kind of lately that fits my, my needs is like, you know, using a, a desktop synth, like my summit, or, um, I got a Soma enter or just a piano, um, and then recording something and putting that into a sampler and then using that as my melodic base for what I want to build on top of. So awesome. I'm sure, yeah, yeah someday yeah. maybe I'll get into sample, uh, into sequencing, but it's just, uh, Nice. It's funny it, because yeah. actually I'm trying to, um, uh, my go-to has always been sequencing and I am dreaming of an escape from that. <laughs> it's, it's, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm so super sequence minded where everything always becomes kind of like these very um, uh, purposeful, purposefully placed notes and stuff like that, but it always kind of sticks to a certain grid. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have... A certain sound in mind but i don't know how the patch will work yet or mm -hmm. even what it uh, yeah how to really do it um but can you, I do can know you that... like expound upon that patch at all or do you want to like sit, keep that close to the vest sure. until you figure it out no 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 not at all it's um um let me see yeah so for example um uh, how should I put it? Right now, for example, my arpeggios and stuff like that are either they come from the ear 101 or it's a metropolis where I just kind of slide my finger in a scale and it, mm -hmm. it does something. Mm -hmm. uh, but something I really want to uh, do a lot more with is like one patch I have in mind is basically having something like 16 quantizers um, in a row set up uh, in kind of complementary scales uh, where the lower notes will kind of have uh, bigger intervals and the higher up in the um, um, on the intervals you go or the higher up in the octave you go uh, the more granular um, it becomes mm -hmm. um, and then uh, kind of controlling the voltage on the uh, on the incoming side of those quantizers with offsets uh, so that I can with one knob just um, uh, feed everything just a flat uh, CV and then mm -hmm. slowly open it up to kind of cre create these rising, erupting structures. And then from there on, I'm thinking mostly in terms of um, either triggered envelopes that are coming in uh, uh, on the uh, on the quantizer side, or uh, just very long morphing uh, LFOs to go in there. Uh, but then basically, what you get is. Uh, if you close everything down, I would do it in such a way that the filters also kind of close along with it. So you can really kind of get this very muffled kind of droney ambience. And mm -hmm. the more you open it, um, uh, uh, you have to picture this with something anywhere between 16 and 64 voices just kind of going full, um, mm -hmm. full range there. But then as you open it up, it would kind of be almost like a sunrise moment where everything just kind of um just blooms up and the, the the yeah the fuller it becomes the more the more open the filters become and the more upper structures you get and everything just kind of morphing into a colossal cloud of 
um, super chaotic harmonies and stuff like that, just mm-hmm. structuring mm-hmm. himself. And man, mixing that sounds hard. I I think I have the idea for the patch, how I want to do it. I just need more modules. (laughs) And that's pretty much how. (laughs) I feel like that's going to be the quote of the episode. I need more modules, Colin Benders. Everybody's going to be like. (laughs) It's such a problem, you know, because it's always somehow all all of my new ideas, they, they always end up with okay, this is my shopping list for this project. And then just like there's crates full of modules that I'm not using in my wall right now. Yep. And somehow yeah. it's never the modules that I need for the project that I have in mind. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. You know, it's, I, I, I've, I've I tried. feel you. Oh man. I feel you. I, but like, again, like, so I go to a small, like I, my thing is like, I want to, I want a smaller system because I do a lot of remote performances. I like to go out to pretty places, record a performance and then edit a video together. And I don't want to bring a bunch. I want to bring as little as possible, really. Um, So my whole thing has been like, I need to find, you know, like, oh, I just need one power pod, right? Well, now I have two power pods. And now I'm like, well, I think I need one more powered pod. And then you could be thinking, well, you do have your Make Noise 7U and it's like, no, but I want to be able to like interchange, like not use them yeah. all at once, but interchange them for different needs. Like, okay, this is going to be a guitar one. This is going to be a sample based one. Yeah. This might be all three or, or, you know, but yeah, all, yeah, all three yeah, that, systems. That makes right. sense. Yeah. It's the, the modular modular. That's um, total. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, and that's that obsessive part of the brain that starts, you know, like, you know, Oh, and then I could do mm-hmm. this and then I could do this. And then you're on Amazon for an hour and a half looking for the perfect laptop stand because all the synth stands are too expensive. And it's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, pain, the real pain. It's, uh... Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. So have you like built out, have you built out like, um, you know, attempts at this patch and, and gotten, you know, close to what you're looking for or? Um, I've gotten close on a smaller scale a couple of times, but um, what I noticed pretty uh, uh, pretty soon is that um, yeah, it it it, it needs uh, um, how should I put it? Um, uh, it needs volume and mass and um, 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 yeah, the bigger the patch, the better it's going to sound, really. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, it's like if you just have like two or three parts that are playing this, um, then well, yeah, you could you, you could almost set it up kind of like a Fuga generator that way. Like you can almost program it uh, according to uh, Bach's uh, uh, rules of composition. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then you just have it like with three or four parts. But if you blow it up, that's where it really becomes this organism, I think. Right, yeah, so, yeah. It's, awesome. it's it's with the and so far it it does work, but I think it needs to be a lot denser than what I've done so far. And I do have a couple of the, um, um, like the controller side of uh, of things. I have that in check, like with those bird kids, um, uh, the pecking order modules that I have. Uh, I would be able to control um, uh, all the CVs and all the offsets that I would need for this. Um, 
but I really think it's gonna take at least 16 or 32 uh, quantizers to really get it done. Well, um, I had an idea. Um, just I'm kind of like racking my brain and don't get don't don't worry, dear listener. It's not lost on me the the ridiculousness that I was gonna try to give Colin advice here. But just some ideas <laughs> that popped in my head. I think um, the spherical the the SWN by 4MS. It's got all those yeah. different voices, um, and it has its own like m like modes or keys on it that are seeable. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you yeah. could even have the d individual voices in their own key. I believe mine's on the way. I haven't really played with it, but from what I've gathered, um, so yeah. it could be a way to get a lot of voices and keys without having to have as many quantizers because it's already quantized. Or the even their uh, even even. Uh, another 4MS module, the Ensemble Oscillator has a, but you can program your own scales into yeah. it and stuff. So Absolutely. like, yeah. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of ways to go around it uh, on that side. It's mostly on the aspect of uh, triggers and the chaotic nature of all the, um, uh, all the individual parts shifting at unpredictable moments mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. having that in, like a massive, um, uh, on a massive scale, right? Yeah. Um, are you, uh, so, so, are you using random for some, like for like the triggers and and for opening and changing of? Or um, that's, I I I would want it to be random. Like one of the favorite patches that I have, um, yeah, one of the favorite patches that I've used is kind of focused around uh, the trigger riots, mm -hmm. um, where I. Um, have the trigger ride set up in a way where um, all the gates are uh, uh, are opening with uh, with like random predictability. So, okay. um, um, so it's like only once every if I give them like two or three percent um, chance of opening up and really slow down the clock far enough, then you really get get like one trigger every uh, every so many cycles. Right, right. But yeah. if you then um, if you then take those um, uh, trigger outputs and stuff them back into clock multipliers, um, uh, and clock multipliers, then you get a whole bunch of clocks at a more frequent rate, which all sound completely um, detached from each other, but still in a way that they all um, um, uh, removed. Yeah, remove far enough in a couple of orders of degrees from, uh, uh, yeah, in enough orders of separation from the source, they still all behave to the same, uh, albeit uh, chaotic uh, ground clock that mm -hmm. the trigger ride is on. Okay. So, um, uh, this way you would have uh, eight trigger sources that can all just be super chaotic and all over the place, but still feel like they are part of the same family tree so to mm -hmm. say totally yeah yeah um, i'm man so many and, so many ideas are popping in my head i, I promise oh, yeah. i'll try not to to be like this module this module this module <laughs> but i do oh, no, have, please do yeah i think i yeah. think the item from uh, mystic circuits paired with their tree and leaves um I think you could go really, really far with uh, with those three modules in in that regard, and um, nice. yeah, like well, there was another one. Oh, another one for like voice that I could see uh, really like adding to that like heavenly like big bigness is the panharmonium from Rossum. 
It's weird. It's Ooh. it's it's really squirrely, but in a really fun way, and it sounds absolutely insane. It's actually nice. like a. It actually is like a. Um, uh, it's it's almost like a, a vocoder, but for oscillators. But it doesn't sound like a vocoder. It like so you put it. It can do its own sound, but it also will like process the sound um, in a very very crazy fun way. I am gonna write this down right away because <laughs> I actually haven't played harmonium yet. Um, so this needs to be on my shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> it's big and expensive, but I think it is very cool. Um, Fair enough. And the three body from uh, Schlappy Engineering it has this uh, this mode called ratio mode. So it's three digital oscillators. But if you're um, in the the the, uh, the second and third oscillators, if you have those in ratio mode, they basically will change along with the uh, the primary oscillator. So if you put like mm -hmm. a voltage into the ratio instead of the one volt per octave in, you get these really wild like. It's hard to explain. It's not like steps in a scale, but you can just kind of go up these like different like octave ranges and stuff. And uh, it's very very it, interesting sounding. Does that sound like it's uh, it's 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 kind of um, uh, is it reacting to the overtones of um, uh, of certain scales, or is is it doing something entirely? I think different? it kind of depends on what you're sending it and the you know the level uh, of you know your f your fm index and then you're actually like your so you, there there's like the uh, the coarse um, tuning and then there's the fine tuning which in the uh, in the ratio mode goes to like a division so you can almost like you can change like the octaves and the amount of like octaves yeah, yeah. you're but it's not but it's not just octaves it kind of like there's you can I don't know. I'm not, I feel like I'm not explaining it very well, but it's not it's not just octaves and I've got some really fun results out of just sending, you know, Wait. attenuated LF, slow LFOs, you know, into different parameters mm. and you can go from beautiful sine wavy softness to like harsh like tinny, you know, right. really meaty stuff and okay. Yeah. It's like a digital Benjolin that's way more musical kind of ah, like a lot wait. of cross modulation and stuff. And there's something like, let's see, one, two, three, four, there's 13 out, uh, uh, waveform outputs. Um, okay. So there's, there's four for uh, the second and third, and then the rest are for the primary. So it's got like, you could do quadrature on it pretty easily. Um, yeah, it's, it's very cool. Nice. Okay. That sounds awesome. I'm gonna look into that. What was the name of that one again? Three is... Body by Schlappy Engineering. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's a real special uh, piece of equipment. Cool. They might be hard to get right now, but I don't know if they're back in stock. But um... I'll I'll have a look around. Yeah. This week's episode is brought to you by Patchworks, our lovely synth shop here in Seattle, the place where I got both of my. 4MS powered pods and after this weekend I'm thinking I might want to get a third one and you're like well why do that when you have a 7U case and it's like because I have a 7U case too um, I want one to be like my guitar rig like the interface that I get my guitar into my modular system and uh, you know some envelope following and some, some CV control with the guitar 
Then I want one for effects, and then I want one for my samplers, which include the STS. I love this sampler. Um, this is the second one I've owned, um, and I bought this at Patchworks. So if you would like to visit Patchworks online, please go to patchworks.com, and they will solve all your synthesizer needs. Well, I mean, shit, I, I, we're so close to an hour, and I hope the listeners aren't too mad that I kind of commandeered a lot of this time to just give you module recommendations. But um, <laughs> before we go, I did want to ask um, a question because like uh, your, your, uh, your full length album, I was listening to mm -hmm. last night and my favorite way to listen to, to especially like electronic music is, you know, it takes me a little bit to fall asleep, but I can usually hit that kind of like liminal state in a few minutes or I'm conscious, but I'm, you know, it's definitely a different mode of consciousness. And, um, right. that's my favorite kind of mode of consciousness to ingest electronic music. So I was, I was in that and I was listening to a uh, rigmarole and okay. You picked that I, one to go to sleep. <laughs> well, so here's the thing that first track I was like, okay, well I might actually just fall asleep. And then, you know, it starts really like picking up and, um, but I feel like you exercise such, such restraint on that. And I don't know if I, I was trying to think of the word, I'm, I'm actually going to look this word up really quick because I want to make sure it's the right word. Um, um, it's, it's a masterclass in understated, you know, like complicated modular technique. Like, Wait. thanks. Yeah. So yeah, understated is the word. I just wanted to make sure I was right. I was. It's yeah. presented or expressed in a subtle and effective way. Like, the restraint and just how understated it was, to me, like showed. That's. I felt like that's where I really saw a lot of your skill and, um, artistry is the way that you were just morphing things and growing them. And then you, they would, you'd think this is where it's going to open up and okay, not quite yet. And you like, you brought that filter cut off just one notch below the part where everybody's going to pump their fists and okay, no, we got to wait. Right. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Which, so yeah, that, that's kind of like my, uh, that's like the, my take on that. And I feel like that, that is a little bit different than some of the stuff that I've seen you do with like live streaming and, and, sure. um, yeah you know, live shows. So I wanted to ask, like, going into an album, how does that differ mm -hmm. from going into, you know, playing a, a, a big live show or something like as far as like mind state intention and everything? Oh, I think the, the funny thing with the rigmarole one is that it was actually recorded during a live stream. Oh, and okay. Yeah, it was. Um, um, it, it's a weird one with this one because uh, I've I've listened back to most of the live jams by now, and it's um, it's uh, I can't keep up with all of them because there's um, uh, yeah, especially <laughs> during the lockdown, there was so much that, uh, recording and streaming going on that I uh, I just kind of skipped through a, a couple of the uh, of the jams that I've done back then. Uh, just looking for the right sections like this one feels nice this one feels good and that's also how floaty things for example came about mm -hmm. but then with written this was one jam just from beginning till the end taken from one um uh, one night of uh, of streaming mm -hmm. and um it's exactly what you 
mention now kind of the um especially with the this is fine track like the opening of the uh, of the entire rigmarole uh album um the hypnotic nature of how that one came about is what really made me think okay this needs to uh, i really want to have this one pressed on vinyl and just kind of mm-hmm. keep it a, a, a keep it for the archives because it's something that I'm looking for a lot during streams and during jams and, and, and with shows and stuff like that. But there's always something that kind of leaves it just out of grasp or something where I get just a little bit too caught up in a moment or, or too excited doing something. Or mm-hmm. there's always something that is too something. Mm-hmm. And with this one, it just felt um, uh, it, it, it felt the right amount of everything that I wanted in there. So that's why I decided, like, okay, this need. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna release this one as an album because I'm proud of this moment, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think this is a good timestamp to to keep in my archives, so to say. Okay, all um, right. That's a cool like, answer. Um, <laughs> I like that answer. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's um, uh, um but it's definitely. Especially with the "This Is Fine" track and with the um, uh, the second track of that uh, uh, of that record, and actually also with the fourth uh, track on there, um, uh, there's something. Um, I don't know. There, uh, uh, it's um, um, it's hypnotic, and it was hypnotic while playing it or while recording it, and uh, now listening back to it, it it, it just kind of. Uh, uh, puts me back in a different moment in time mm-hmm. you know this was like lockdown where it was just kind of like no one on the streets no one anywhere and just this weird twilight zone of waking up opening up your discord opening up uh, youtube and starting streaming and mm-hmm. just connecting with who are all locked in in their own ways and um it's there's yeah there there's a certain vibe to that period which i think is captured in that recording so totally yeah um, i i love the sonic journal aspect of that that you like that 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 is because you know i'm i'm a big nostalgia guy and i think um you know music is is one of the like best time capsules for re like refeeling a particular feeling that you had in the past you know like so yeah i have like patches and videos that i've done you know like at Yellowstone and, you know, just mostly when my wife and I go on our, our week long anniversary camping trip. And those always feel like that vibe of that week. And it's like, I'm really happy to have those as like an archive. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it's so that when I was listening to it, I was thinking to myself, I was like, this sounds like, you know, like a one take stereo, out performance but it also sounds like a very very intentional intentionally built arc right. and piece that is an album and that right there i feel like is is a really special thing because if i'm get my live performance setups are usually much different than how i'm going to do um you know approach a song for for recording and and I don't I, there's probably a million reasons why that is, but I don't need to go into that. But the fact that you were doing both of those, and again, like with the emphasis on the the restraint and patience that you had on that, I feel like 
if people are maybe not feeling great about their live sets and and you know are, are wondering why i think pacing could be a thing and if you're out there and that that gels with what you're hearing go listen to this album and study it because i think it's it's a powerful lesson in 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 all that so wait wait thanks so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I love when I go on rants and then I basically put the the, the guest in a, a position to either say, yeah, I'm pretty badass or just like, okay, thanks. But like, what do I say now? But yeah, okay, I'm done with that. Uh, but we're over an hour and we barely scratched the surface. So I think that means that, you know, hopefully we'll have to have you back on at some point in the not too distant future. Um, I do do a uh, uh like a bonus section for patreon subscribers but if you are short on time like it doesn't take too much longer but um if you're down to do that i got nowhere to go okay cool i'm here um all right before we get into that let's do a proper closing what would you like to point the uh the everyday listener in the direction of or uh what would you like to scream from the modular mountaintops if anything oh my god <laughs> wow so many so many things that that that, that come to mind <laughs> uh, I'm completely blanking out right now oh my god um yeah maybe um and that is not so much from a modular perspective but from just uh this is something awesome to listen to um i've been obsessed with william fields lately okay have you have, have you ever listened to no uh, uh, i'm gonna to get that in the search bar right now just so i don't forget william fields it's um um from what i can tell he's fully digital and fully in the box and uh everything is um uh i think he does everything with super collider patches um, okay uh, and stuff like uh but he made one album somewhere i think 2017 or 2018 um and it's a full length album of one minute tracks Oh, cool! And and it's it's such a schizophrenic mindfuck, really, of of completely. That's all right over up my place. alley. Oh, I'm excited oh, about it's, this. It's, it's um, it's like uh, Richard Devine on acid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That's <laughs> and yeah, no, I was completely blown away when I first uh, heard about it. it. Was um, Speedy J told me about this one? He was like, "Yeah, no, you're gonna dig this," and. I kind of started listening to that one and went like, yeah, this is kind of the pinnacle of bleeps and bloops and everyone <laughs> deserves to know. All right. Sweet. Yeah, that's will... probably my one recommendation for everyone. Like listen to William Fields and it's gonna, you're going to hate it or you're going to love it. But either way, it's, I'm going to have inflicted that on you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Um, Thanks so... so much for having me. Yeah. So on to the Patreon portion. I actually usually I was going to ask you like what is something that you're super into lately, but it, you kind of just answered that. Um, yeah, that one. <laughs> I mean, I usually don't put I don't usually don't like to put modular stuff behind the paywall, but I don't think that this one is is something that people be too bummed or whatever. I don't care. I'm going to ask it anyways because I am very curious. But handful of modules what are the like staples for you and your setup like if you if you the ones you couldn't live without if you had to get rid of all but five behind you uh, in that monster class yeah i have to get rid of everything and how many modules can i pick five 
All right, that's our show. Thank you so much to Colin for coming on. Thank you for coming back. And if it's your first time, then welcome. I would also like to say thank you to Patchworks for their continued support of PodMod. Uh, please visit them online at patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Also, thank you to Novation. You know I love my summit. I really need to find some sort of like um, solar-powered generator so I can get that thing out in the field because um, I really want to use it in some of my remote performances. Also, thank you to 4MS for their support of Podular Modcast. I'm loving all these new modules. The Shaped Dual Envelope VCA is one of my favorite modulators uh, that I think I've used ever. Um, I love the mini peg, the SCM. Uh, also, this isn't new, but it's new to me. And if you don't know about it or haven't tried it out, then I highly recommend the SWAN or SWN or Spherical Wavetable Navigator. You could put that in its own little pod. You don't even have to be a modular synthesis. Like, you could just use that as a synthesizer insanely robust but yet really really easy to use i was very intimidated by it it's been on my wish list for a long time but i mean rtfm just get the manual out and there's nice tutorials just easy easy right in and whew, yeah i cannot wait to share uh, some of the cool stuff that I'm going to come up with that. What else? Um, don't forget about the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Podular Modcast. Going to be passing on a bunch of cool stuff from my studio uh, mid to late March. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate that. And this week's secret word is Yojimbo. My grandma did this painting for me. I love it. And I want to tell you the story about it, but I will do that later because we don't have time today and I want you to tell me what what is Yojimbo? What is what is this? I can tell you this. This is a spot-on painting. It looks exactly like um Yojimbo. So I guess you kind of know. But you know, with more detail. Anyways, I digress. Until next week.